Liberal Guilt Radio, LGR. I'm Lee Sanger Golden. You're listening to me talk on the internet. This is LGR Liberal Guilt Radio. Ben, my illustrious co-host, is trying to um, come in here. I've just invited him as a speaker. We're trying a, a live version of the program uh, today. So Ben's connect. Ben, doing, how man? you doing, man? Can you? Yeah. Hey, how's it going, Lee? Thanks for having me today. You're welcome. Well, so this is our first live show. You can hear me all right? I hear you great. How about, how's my audio? Oh, you know, it sounds okay. You're on a phone. At first it was a little echoey, but now it seems okay. Well, I'm live from the great outdoors right now, Lee. Great. Well, it's been a while since we've, uh, since we've hung out here at Liberal Guild uh, Radio and uh, talked about the news of the day. So we, I thought we'd try something a little different. You know, we would do a little bit of a, uh, a live program, um, which is fun. Uh, it took us a while to kind of coordinate and get this, get this taken care of. But uh, here we are. So, um, you know, yeah, we're doing the Podbean Live. We're trying to, I'm trying to figure out all the technology here. I don't even know if this is working right now. Um, but um, yeah, so what have you what have you been up to, Ben, since our last episode long ago? Yeah, I you know, one thing I was thinking is I think we recorded a few other episodes that never made it to the <laughs> internet. So yes. What I've been doing actually, remember oh, I remember. I had said how I just started to stop reading. 
Right. The old ones. And so I lasted till about seven or eight days ago and started going a little down the rabbit hole with monthly mm. review, the great socialist monthly, um, currently edited by John Bellamy Foster in Oregon. Um, so went down a pretty deep rabbit hole, which I don't think we're going to get into today. We're going to keep it a little lighter. Okay. But that's what I've been doing in part, given my 45 seconds allotment that my agent told me I had. How about you, Lee? Oh, okay. I'm good. You know, we, we no longer work at the same unnamed uh, organization. You still work at the same unnamed organization. I work at a unnamed company. So, um, yeah. and did you catch that? I got an agent now too. Yeah. So things, things are going well for you, right? You've got an agent. Um, you believe the culture we live in? Yeah. But some people would say no, but you know, I'm going to believe the yesers. What does your yeah. agent do for you? Let's not get into the details, Lee. Well, I just want to make sure my friend's not getting bilked here. You know, they charge like 15, 20%, right? I mean, you're letting me go over my allotted time without cutting me off. So it seems like uh, things well, are going I, all right. Okay. I talked to your agent earlier today. We worked this all out. So really? Don't worry. Yeah. Don't worry about the, the whole time thing. We, I, you know, he told me that you can stay on as long as you want. Okay. Oh, so I we'll, stopped worrying a long time ago, Lee. Oh, okay. Good. Yeah. So, you know. You know, it's uh, things. Things have changed, man. I'm at this different job, and now I have a son, and so like life's just a different pace. But I'm glad that we're still uh, that we're still connecting here on the program, and you know, I hope that we can get uh, we can get our favorite uh, unpaid elected volunteer, Josh, uh, on the program as well. Um, oh, that will be amazing. Great. So, um, but let's get back into it. Let's get back into the fucking game. This is liberal guilt radio, folks. So right now it's just, uh, it's just us, but we want to start a vibrant online community. So I think that we should, yeah, we should keep doing these live shows. I think it's fun and I think it, it keeps us on our toes, right? Um, and, uh, so I think that we should invite people that maybe have different opinions than us, but people who also are willing to like, say liberal guilt radio, like as a joke, like, I feel like we can both sides here. We can, we can make fun of the fact that, you know, there is liberal guilt and we cry about it all the time. I mean, I cry about it all. I cry from my guilt every day, Ben. I just, you know, I think about all the things I think about slavery and I think about, uh, Palestine and the Holocaust and, um, everything that sucks that um bad people have done and i cry about it and i want to make it better <clears throat> and that's why I we're actually, here so um report earlier today i had the the same thing even today and actually spoke to a friend <laughs> for an hour and a half to to talk through it for a little bit so yeah okay well should we get this person on the program then Ah, it was a separate conversation, Lee. Okay. No, I'm saying if you were saying that you wanted to have conversations with like different types of people, different opinions, yeah, oh. like that. yeah, in the future, that's a great idea. Yeah, I can. Oh, you know, I can see your live skill developing here because you're learning how to switch on to the mute when I start talking, so I don't echo. Because at first I was like, oh, I'm echoing a bit. I'm gonna have to fucking bust his chops, but you figured it out. I got the God mute bless. game going, and right now, looking at my portal. I don't have the option mm -hmm. for speakerphone, so I got to be real quiet to hear you, Lee. But uh, we're going to sort this out. I'm going to go home and get myself a nice headset. Yeah, I mean, I think you try to make it as difficult as possible for yourself to get audio yes. fidelity whenever I, you dial into my show. It's one of the reasons why I wouldn't yeah. listen to our show. <laughs> exactly, because we start out, you know, a little bit of small talk. So the thing yeah. that... that yeah. 
the make it is inconvenient, your assessment is correct. So today, the way I did it was that I had told you what time I would get back to my phone. Then I came mm -hmm. back to my phone mm -hmm. a few minutes later and asked you for more time. But then I upended myself, got back even earlier, yeah. went to go th do the thing I said I would do outdoors after our conversation, but decided to do it ahead of time and then tell you and then convince you to get onto the phone and make it as hard as possible for me to get on. But we did it. We did it. Look at how much, you know, we've overcome yeah. here. So. so, yeah, definitely. It's a different world. Joe Biden's president. Mm, everything yeah. still sucks, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. More people are vaccinated. That's the big news story this week. The short, -term, is, the short term horizon, I'd say, is better. The long term, not still not buying all the drum up of support that things are turning a, a corner here. But, you know, yeah. got to yeah. keep every day. Organizing with the people you know. Yeah. Try to make the world more accessible. Well, there's so many variables in the economy right now that exactly. it's sort of hard to predict. So we look at these things like, you know, there was a, a number that came out today saying that like poverty is at its lowest since, um, I don't know, whenever years back. Um, and, you know, obviously part of this was just there was this infusion of um, just money into the hands of, of, individuals and families in the United States in the form of these stimulus payments. Um, but there could be other factors at play that make this sort of misleading to, to draw any kind of conclusions based on a small data set with very like, you know, erratic behavior basically, because everything, you know, the supply chains affecting pricing and then inflation and of changing wages and all of these things. It's hard to look at any sort of study or piece of data right now and be like, Oh, things are okay. You know? Yeah. And even the thing is, it gets then to the obsession with quantification and measurement. Mm. Because even if you had quote unquote, the correct answer, it's still only one equation in a very complex world. So no matter how much explanatory um, power any one of these social studies has, in the grand scheme of things, it's still a marginal difference. So that's where a lot of you know, action gets lost and bickering over which one is more right than the others hmm. instead of yeah, finding some common ground and moving forward. But yeah, this, there are so many. Nah, you just muted yourself. Dumbass. Talking <laughs> happenstance on where we're born, who we know, who we run into. And so no. it's about participating no. in whatever uh, avenue each individual has and not thinking that one is better than the other. They're all necessary. The, right. the idea right. that one sort of focus is better than the other comes from a place of a lot of things, but you know, different parts of the ego and wanting either credit or power or this, that, or the other thing. But at the end of the day, they're all necessary. Um, right. And even if they're not necessary, if the perception is that they are, then they're still important, which makes them necessary. So you just work on your, each person works on the thing that they can. And, and that's what it is. Cause no one can be everywhere. You know, the day is 24 hours. Our lives are only so long, mm. you know, think in 5 million years, what's going to be going on. I don't know, dude. But each day we can still wake up and seek to address current issues and mm -hmm. then, you know, find common ground with others, just try to change the systems and norms in which we live under, either through what we call like legislation or education 
or this, that, or the other thing, but you can always do both. Hmm. Uh, yeah, but it's really about just being a part of whatever it is that each individual is a part of and looking at it from a short-term and long-term perspective and acknowledging that we can only do so much in our lives in each day. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I mean, that's good advice and, uh, and a good perspective. Oh, that was um, If you want my <laughs> advice, I'm going to have my agent reach out to you. That's a totally different rate okay. and tone, mister. Uh, She's, yeah, he makes such a prima donna. You don't even have a no. fucking microphone to talk into. You're <laughs> walking around with your dog and a goddamn android. I know, you're but I'm me, you're busting something. my chops. <laughs> I'm on a quiet part. No one else is. <laughs> okay. I know, I know. Maybe some others might be listening. Well, um, speak, speaking of me, remember how I was convinced that I had magical powers? powers? Well, you know you do. I don't know. Well, you yeah. Truth is truth, man. So, yeah, you got magical powers. I know. Yeah, because remember how I caused that um, that muscle car to crash? <laughs> there was that. But uh, the muscle car got fixed by my neighbor because it was his cousin who crashed it. But every time he started the engine, the alarm would go off. And um, so, it, you know, uh, it was impressive because I could be like, oh, yeah, that alarm goes off. Yeah, I think that's probably, uh, you know, a 2005 Dodge Charger. And, uh, you know, sure enough, when we went outside, it was that, you know, my friend not knowing that I had already knew that it was that fucking car that had that goddamn problem. But anyway, that's a whole other story. So um, several times I've been convinced in the past couple of weeks that either I have uh, ESP or something uh, or we are in the Matrix or some other form of, you know, simulation or something. Um, and it's uh, well. It all started with um, the we, well. We went camping, okay. So um, we went camping for Fourth of July weekend with um, my wife, my kid, the dog, and another family. And the other family, they have a beautiful dog, like a cocker spaniel, like one of those like royal fucking purebred spaniels, like a beautiful big ass functional dog. So we go down to the beach and I don't know that this is a non dog beach. Um, but, uh, apparently everyone else did, but, um, and everybody was drinking. I actually was the only person who did not have a drink, but we're down there at the beach and, uh, everybody's like, Oh, let Penny, your dog off the leash. And I'm like, nah, I'm not going to let her off the fucking leash. She's just going to go in the ocean. She doesn't like the ocean. She's going to go dig in the sand. It's all going to fucking suck. But the other dog mod as in Harold and, um, actually, the dog has a boyfriend named Harold, weirdly enough. Okay. Anyway, she's running through this fucking, uh, through the water. She's in the ocean, but then she's also in this like lake area that's around there, right? And chasing around. And um, as we're leaving, the uh, our friend, she's like, oh, can you, I have my baby, can you take this uh, beer can, this empty beer can? I'm like, okay, fine. And, I'm, and then I'm just thinking in my head, I'm like, we're gonna, you know, I bet we're gonna get stopped by Rangers, and I'm gonna get in fucking trouble for having your drink, your empty beer can. And everybody's like, we're, Lee, we're not gonna get stopped by Rangers. Why are you so apparent? And and I don't, I want to point out actually that earlier that day, some Rangers had passed by and said like, Hey, want to let you know you have to go sign up to get your, or you have to go pay, pay for your parking pass or something. It was like they could have been like, Hey, you have to pay for your parking pass, but they were nice. And I was just turned to my friends and I was like, You know, after all the shit that I've said about cops over the past uh, couple of you know of years i will say that the fucking state 
park people, the rangers. I respect their fucking authority. They're good people. All this kind of stuff. But anyway, so flash forward to to um, leaving the beach. And everyone's like, the rangers aren't going to show up. What are you talking about? Sure enough, right as we're leaving the beach, Ranger McRanger comes up and he's like, so uh, what do we have going on here? huh?" And he's going into like real like cop talk. You know what I mean? Like real cop talk. And, um, you know, because usually rangers are more like, hey, how's it going? Like those rangers earlier. But this guy was like, um, looks like we have a problem here. Uh, and and I I thought it was the booze. So like I'm scrunching up this can and sticking it in in, in my pocket. Right. And um, the uh, we're out at San Simeon, by the way, out by Hearst Castle. So um, the ranger is like, we make it pretty clear uh, the, about the dogs here. And I'm like. Oh, and I didn't realize that there was that the dogs weren't allowed, right? And um, I am seriously like don't understand like what it is that we're in trouble for. And he looks at me and he immediately doesn't doesn't like me. And everyone afterwards said, "Yeah, he didn't like you immediately." He was like, it "Looks like you're not taking this seriously. What are we gonna have to do here?" And I was like, oh, I just honestly did not know that we weren't allowed to have dogs here. And he's like, um, well, we make it pretty clear that this is an animal sanctuary. It's a wildlife sanctuary. So we're not supposed to let – so like, clearly we're in the wrong. But it's again, it's not me. I'm not the guy drinking and I'm not the guy who lets his dog up the leash. But it is funny that like the dog was like running through this like bird animal sanctuary. But I'm not going to fucking sell out my friend. So he's like, so are you guys together? You with this guy? And I was like, yeah, we're friends. You know, I'm not going to just, you know, just we'll leave my friend. But I don't have anything to do with him. Let me suck your dick. Ah! You know, I'm not going to be like a little fucking bitch in front of the fucking cop and or the ranger in my cave and everybody. So whatever. So um, my friend Ian, like he has like a big beard. So he kind of looks like Osama bin Laden. So he's immediately nice and like. He like just doesn't want to get tased by the ranger. And um, I have sort of inadvertently taken this kind of posture that the ranger guy doesn't like. And he's like, well, so what do we have to do here? We have to uh, write some tickets. And he left it kind of open ended. You know, usually when a cop or somebody is going to give you shit, they're like, you know, I could write you a ticket or I am going to write you a ticket or I'm not going to write you a ticket because. But he goes, he leaves it open-ended. He's like, so what are we going to have to do here? Are we going to have to write you a ticket? And so since he left it open-ended. participatory democracy right there for you. Yeah. Well, he left it open-ended. So I said, well, what are my other options? (laughs) And then? And I kind of caught him off guard. He's like, well, I'm going to, you camping with us? We're like, yeah, sure. We're at camp fucking 69, 420. And he was like, all right, well, we're gonna, I'm going to mark you down here on my clipboard that you've been given one warning and one more, you'll be uh, given a, you know, a ticket and then one more and you'll get kicked out. Whatever. Getting in fucking trouble, whatever. <laughs> and so I'm all pissed off and riled up. And then I'm also kind of like, I totally called this. I knew, I smelled there was a ranger. Why does no one listen to me? And this, I feel like I always, I know about everything, Ben, and I'm a total genius, and I can read the future, and I can cause muscle cars to crash, and no one fucking listens to me, okay? So anyway, after that, a string of things where I was just able to call things and guess things that now, as I'm about to say them out loud, seem innocuous and shit. But at the time, I kept thinking, like, am I in the Matrix? So later that night, someone was asking, like, well, whatever happened to Tony Danza? And I was like, I don't know. He's probably just the dad on some cop show. Everyone's like, whatever. Looked it up on IMDb. He plays the dad cop on a show called The Good Cop. 
like the the other day, my wife was saying like, well, what, what year? Do you, for some reason, the the year that Ben Affleck was born and came up, and I was like, yeah, probably seventy two. And she looked it up. And she's like, yeah, nineteen seventy two. What the fuck? Um, she was watching. There's this guy Slade who's like a douchebag here in L.A. that was in Beverly Hills, um, real sluts of Beverly rich girls or something. And I like, he was on TV and Amelia was watching this show. And I was like, oh, that guy looks like one of those douchebags that like hangs out in his bike shorts at, <laughs> at Starbucks. He looks like a real bike guy. She's like, Oh, how'd you know he was a bike guy? turns out the guy's like a professional bike rider. Then today I'm on this fucking sales call and we're waiting for somebody. And uh, the guy hosting the call is like, right. But since we're waiting, here's some random trivia. What was the last state in the union to, um, change its capital and uh everyone's like i don't fucking if there's anyone who knows trivia it's lee and so they punt it over to me and i was like i don't know i'll say oklahoma because that's the one that there's a song on and he's like uh yeah it's oklahoma and i was like okay well since i had a one in 50 chance of getting that you should give us a 50 percent discount and then later there was something like they quizzed us they're like okay we've covered we've got this metric for you and in minutes, how long do you think that this metric takes? And and Lee, why don't you guess? Since you were sluckier, I was like, I don't know, ten minutes. It was like it was ten minutes and thirty nine seconds. So, and there's just a bunch of other shit like this is happening. That now that I say it out loud, it sounds stupid and innocuous. But at the time, I feel as though I have magical powers. Your thoughts? And I'm holding my microphone I, I, to you as though I just asked you a question and you're here. No, I think you're spot on. The only part that's not is in your diminishing it it's not innocuous and it's life this is what our lives are day to day living and there's just all these little instances that are accumulating recently around yeah. this point of what whatever because you're not saying this is all coming from the same source some of it's just random guessing other stuff is remembering some stuff is dreaming but i'm in the other groove uh, in types of mechanisms that are leading to the same outcome which is holy shit, I know the answer to these random questions and I can see into the future in a very small window of things. Uh, and so damn. that makes life kind of like logical for a little while. And then, you know, you remember all the magic and then the next time magic comes in another form, you jump onto that. Beautiful. That's so just magic. Oh, oh, it's magic, you know. The one, the only thing that I've been thinking about was the rains. And a few weeks ago, I kept feeling, I'm like, I think this is a year in which we're going to have some summer rains. Yeah. And then leading up to our rain two days ago, one or two nights before, I had a dream of summer rain. Hmm. And it was either the next night or that morning, I woke up and it had rained a third of an inch, which is a decent amount wow. in a few hour wow. period. It smelled just lovely. It was incredible. And I saw that. And, you know, again, I'm not saying like this has never happened before and I said it would happen, but it was just very uh, it's magical. Wow. I think well, Joey loved that. Magic is what we're, we're all about here at Liberal Gill Radio. I would say so. I mean, adding a little <laughs> magic, magic, religion and science, and they all kind of have to mash up and one can't be too predominant to the others for too long. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they have been flow and their power and credibility. But, you know, you get too far out of whack on any one thing and it goes a little bit off the deep end. And just the amount of things that have been like subsumed within mm. the, the, the line. Oh, it's science. It's like, 
so much stuff that I was just called it. We were like, all right, so now it seems a bit much. And so we had a little magic back into play, you know? Yeah. Really help people understand the world. Well, I think that there is, if we think of, of magic as um, the concept of coming up with sort of uh, creative reasons why something is happening or trying to convince someone that there is a uh, uh, extra worldly way that something is uh, uh, occurring, um, I think that we should think of it as the way that, that we talk about things we just don't understand. So I think exactly. that, you know, right now, one of the things that we can't been, understand and that are truly just beyond any sort of real tight explanation and that are also things that you have no control over as well. Exactly. So, so, my, too. so a perfect example is my new job. I, I'm working with AI, which is cool. Because remember a while ago, I was like, I want to get into AI. I want to learn how it works. And then I started, I was working in that uh, that game design thing that I designed my video game in, Escape the Park. But I was just doing kind of like AI experiments and having AI walk around and just do things, just kind of understand the concepts and whatever. <clears throat> but think of the way that AI, and I realize it's just kind of, you know, just another type of a way of thinking about programming or thinking about um, getting computers to do things, thinking about it in terms not of just direct orders, but actually granting the the uh, the computer the ability to to sort of think in a way that um, seems intelligent. Um, and but think about the way that AI is portrayed in media. What are the two ways in which we see AI? What are the two things that we see AI doing to us in media? Well, I've never seen what it truly is from a technical standpoint, which is a series of statistical analysis on huge amounts of uh, numerical and um, alphabetic data and then making guesses and being right ideally 99.9 percent .9 of the time yeah well right now describe that way, even though that's actually what it is it's not actually what anyone would describe as even called intelligence yeah. um, but you know it's a matter of syntax and um armchair debate but at the end of the day it is it is called artificial intelligence whether that's a appropriate way to define it by some doesn't it's really not. matter it's what it is because i'm realizing that it's uh only as intelligent as you are and therefore as unintelligent as you are <laughs> or really, and one way it's it uh it can be flawed or biased in as many ways because it has to have sure. some initial stuff to start with even if it can program itself right but you can teach it self writing but it can tell itself its base assumptions and if those assumptions are things that we call you know this that or the other thing yeah it's still it's making deductions so it all comes down to what are your assumptions at the end of the day any artificial intelligence even if it breaks out of the human created code and writes its own still is going to write in assumptions about the world and those assumptions matter in terms of deciding what actions to take because the actions that are decided to be taken are ones based on deductive reasoning primarily through regressions, through inference, things like that, and using what we call statistics. Interesting. So it's really like a lot of the things we say it could break away from, it wouldn't actually change it. It would just feel either like, oh, well, it's not our fault, it's the robot's. Or exactly. 
But at the end of the day, the actions would be the same. How we either justify them or explain them or try to control them. You know, that's the whole, you know, what people talk about all day. But at the end of the day, that is going to be what it is. That, that it will be what is happening. And trying to deny it is the part where it gets into like some crazy talk. Yeah. Well, I think that's, that's the point. Uh, and that's why the, the two ways in which we see AI or think about it are fear, two specific types of fear. One is that they're going to kill us. We're afraid they're going to kill us. And the other is we're afraid that artificial intelligence is going to replace us. And it's interesting. It, it, got, it, it reminds me of the like Jews will not replace us chant at the, at the Charlottesville uh, riots or the night before. Um, it's that same sort of fear. Um, but um, now it's directed at something that we've created ourselves. But I guess it always was. I mean, that's the thing is like, okay, if Nazis are pissed off and they say, oh, Jews will replace us, they're not necessarily pissed off at us through people. They're pissed off at the fact that we're Jews, right? That we've created this fucking system or society or whatever, and they perceive us as the people that are like stealing everybody's money or whatever. So it's almost like hating Judaism is almost just as stupid as hating artificial intelligence or vice versa. And I, I look at it this way. Um, instead of thinking of somebody to replace us or kill us, it's somebody to kind of like join and help. And I, I think of it in terms of the way, okay, a new person shows up at your work, right? Your company or whatever. And they say, I'm interested in what you do. I want to do what you do. They're young, they're inexperienced, but they're talented. And they tell, they kind of ask for mentorship. Like, what, you know, what should I do to kind of get your job, basically? What's most people's reaction when that happens? They tend to describe what either they call a typical day or the fact that they don't have typical days because they do X, Y, Z and it's ever changing. That's 85% of the answers are along those lines, I'd say. Right. And the point is that they don't help them because inside they're just no, afraid. They don't no. want this person to take their job. They're like, oh shit, this young person's going to learn what I do and they're going to do it faster and cheaper and I have to hold on. It's the same reason why people are like pissed off about death taxes or whatever. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's the idea that someone's like fucking coming for their shit. No one's coming for your shit, girl. But anyway, the point is, um, oh, my stupid little fucking dog. I let her outside and then she's just barking. I thought she, she had to go to the bathroom. So I was trying to be nice, but I might have to go next time you're on a good jag. I'm going to go and fucking grab her and bring her back in. Um, what the hell were we talking about, Ben? Oh yeah. So most people, I'm going to go get that dog rant. So the way that I see it, um, it really comes down to a question of how we motivate ourselves to keep taking action in a certain direction. And so if we're continually trying to build up ways of often agreeing to disagree and then focusing on instrumental things that affect us all and trying to change those systems, that can really help. But, you know, the day-to-day -day is very hard because it's very draining. It's very emotional. You only really ever hear no until possibly you're dead. Um, but, you know, it also gives energy to life, and it allows you to just – Jesus, you're still fucking talking? God damn it. You told me to rant. I just got started. I hadn't actually finished my first sentence, in fact. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you, William? What are you, Falconer? Uh, you didn't hold on. My agent said that you had made – 
a sworn testimony that you would increase the <laughs> verbal harassment that you lay upon my ears, sir. Um, yeah, I just gotten started. I was trying to get back to what we were talking about right before yeah. you left. The security. AI. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the oh, securitists, yeah. the people trying to hang on to their shit. And I think that's yeah. a similar reaction that when we see AI, it's like, oh, someone's going to, they're coming for our shit. So let's take it from the example of the, the first person. Instead of thinking, being afraid, oh, this person could take my job, think about the things in your job that are sort of like menial that you don't really want to do, that open you up, stuff that, stuff that takes skill but does not necessarily take experience, right? What are those things that you want to clear up so that you can concentrate on the things that require skill and experience, right? Uh, so it's so you, talk to that, you talk to that person and you say, okay, here are the things that I'm going to need you to do. And you mentor them not to replace you, but to work with you, to augment what it is that you do. And that at some point, by working with this person, you'll increase the efficiency of your team and maybe you'll move up in the ranks and then you can hire that person to come work on your team or work with you. One way I think about it is like if we look at it from a – we're talking very globally and abstract. And if that person is better than you at what they do, then who the fuck are you to say that they shouldn't be doing your job? But what I'm saying, hold on, what I'm getting at, what you're describing was until recently the most common form of passing down knowledge on what we're calling like technical yeah, apprenticeships. Uh, exactly. And so one way I think to look at it, if we're talking globally and abstract, is to, is to look to the measurement that about 80% of the global output of material goods each year is... Uh, is owned by 377 private corporations. So there's 377 CEOs, board chairs. So say a couple thousand people, um, 80%, and none of them use this model. And so when we're sitting in a place that we're, you know, we live in LA, we're not very day to day, we don't actually see any of this stuff being made. But if we look at it, this model is still 20%, but we don't see that. And so it's harder to imagine it. But it's still quite uh, in existence. Um, And what's hard is, yeah, that's where those kind of like collective action struggles take place of saying like this superstructure. It's like, no, you can't take controls of these power levers because you got to leave it diffuse. I don't care how you say it's inefficient or whether you say it's too hard. This, that, the other thing is like, no, like Uh what it is is what it is and just assume it. And so that's where what we call like class struggles come in. But that's like, you know, those yeah. are hard fought battles because it's the 377 that have direct linkages to the most organized militaries in the world, too. Mm-hmm. So it's very dangerous personally and deadly to try to do anything about it in too militant or sustained a way because, you know, history shows you tend to get eradicated because it's completely so that's the world we live in. And. You know, some days I just think like I want a tree to like eat me and then just become part of a tree, just escape it all. But, you know, you got to keep on. That's why you're such a fucking socialist, man. You just always all about the collective. I'm about the collective good, but I'm not about the collective identity, man. Oh, I'm not saying collective. Earlier I said we have to uh, acknowledge and accept our individualism. Yeah. Mixing pot. A lot of it's just about acknowledgement and acceptance of someone else and believing in doing the world differently, but also is non-interference. You don't have to, you know, try to dominate someone else or try to put that. It's like, you don't have to even understand it. Just coexist. Like that's totally fine. 
Um, you know, a lot of us have, when we have like small get togethers, it's a very minor manifestation of the same idea that often it's a lot easier for us to sit in a small group of people and interact as a group gets larger. For most of us, it feels, I mean, I'm usually also. See, that's what the rich people think. That's what that small oligarchy of people that you're talking about, that little junta of uh, business owners, that 300 or whatever, they don't want their group to get bigger. They got their group. Well, their group never will get bigger because of the right. way the system is set up that it's, uh, it's easier for it to get bigger for, than for it to get smaller because of all of the other systems in place, legal, financial, uh, military, it's the, the, um, it, the, it's a rising energy time is mm -hmm. what I'm saying. So doing, le uh, yeah, it happens almost naturally, but obviously within the scope of human made systems and mechanisms. Um, right. but then right. we've obviously set off course a little bit of the balance of our global climates. And so, you know, that adds another just bouncier variable, just day to day, year to year, generation to generation. Right. There's so many imminent threats, you know, it's like we have all of these, we have all of these armed people and a lot of disinformation, uh, going around and just like a lot of just like terrifying rage, really. I mean, that's like really yeah. what's the combination. Like if Americans were just pissed off, okay, whatever, that'd be fine. If Americans just had guns, but they we were more like, chill in terms of our disposition fine it's the combination of so many fucking guns so much pissed offedness that makes this volatile and then of course yeah there's just like the fact that something's <laughs> catastrophic climate events just happening everything's just on fire yeah, people are like, oh, every day the global is becoming like we're following stuff going on in every single part of the world yeah. so by taking yeah. the extreme and normalizing it and averaging it over you know the general population that's i think where our mind kind of gets the best of us. It's like these things are happening more and these are urgent and critical issues, but don't right. let right. it kind of become this thing where it's like. Overwhelms your life. Exactly. Because you think that the time you have to respond is so much shorter than it is. <laughs> it's like generational things do take generations and yes, Wars we're so solipsistic that we think it's going to happen to us right now. It's like, oh, the world's going to end when we're alive. And it very well might. Entrance of what we call authoritarians, tyrants, things like that. Yeah. Only you I know? can fix it, Ben. Only I can fix it. All of the stuff that I broke. Is a, quick, a quick response. And so it becomes more and more likely that people like that rise up and take right. over the rings. Because they promise that over and over again. And um say fuck you to the but at the end of the day things do take time and and a lot of times it's true to have even short-term impact it's yeah. about sometimes taking stock of what's really going on the reality in the area we're working at hmm. um but yeah i mean that's the thing is yeah it's, it's the reality in 2000 i guess really 2020 reality ceased to exist because people refused to agree on the basic tenets of it. So that's why we are just like kind of living in our own, like obviously the real world exists outside, but when we can just sit comfortably in our house and just like fucking order Panera bread and, and sit in an echo chamber, it doesn't matter what reality is. So, and that's what we're seeing on display uh, right now with these hearings going on in Capitol Hill. So um, obviously what happened on Capitol Hill was just like disgusting fucking thing. 
these people with really? you know confederate flags and shit like that and the fact that like people are going into such denial on the right about who caused it and who was there and what really happened is just totally disgusting and the big lies like the compared to the nazis or whatever um that being said most of the people who are taking the get, taking the fall are just individual dumbasses who are just listening to their leaders so why is it the Jim Jordan and all these other kook balls and Trump himself and Lindsey Graham who said, you know, the whole piece people to go fight, you know, they're not held accountable, but these goofballs have to do 18 months or whatever. I'm like, I'm not going to cry tears for these people because they have to go to jail, but they're letting these people take the fall. And what I think that they're doing, which is really insidious, is basically showing possible left-wing agitators and when we think about like those fucking badass people who like took over like a whole street or area of town in portland you know the the lawnmower moms or the lawnmower dads and the the bike helmet moms think about these people and this sends a chilling effect basically saying hey you you storm around and you break the law or whatever we'll treat you're gonna get 18 months of jail that sends a that's a chilling message you know what i'm saying that like just like people just like chuckleheads are just going down for this for all of the like the crimes of that day and it's fucking insidious and that's why i've officially like unsubscribed from adam Schiff's emails he's just like such a toad that being said like the police union the not police union but like the national association of police came out today and they were like they called the investigation of one six a dog and pony show, which is fucking disgusting. Their fellow, their brother officers were up there crying and telling these stories about how like these people were terrorists trying to kill them. And these guys are just, you know, shitting on these dudes and calling it a dog and pony show. That being said, it is totally a dog and pony show. <laughs> it's totally just uh, Nancy Pelosi and Adam Schiff and these goofballs just like trotting out a bunch of crying cops so that they they can get somebody in trouble. They're always so obsessed with, oh, impeaching somebody or investigating, getting people in trouble. Just win. Well, what we really want are public officials to be serving the public. Doing spirit. something, not just punishing people no, that we don't like. <laughs> and so I'll explain the contours of this on another episode, but all of this adds up to me as just one more thing, this yeah, uh, yeah. deification of individuals and then the basically turning our federal politics into gossip columns, which yeah. I have nothing wrong with gossip. I think it's great. And well, that would that. be fine if the but chief executive on. wasn't this ridiculously overblown constitutional character, if it could actually, you know. Well, it's no, it's that when we're, when we're supposed to be talking about governance and politics and public stuff, we're just talking about the pissing contest of the individual involved. And so what I'm saying is, I don't really need to talk about it right now anymore, but I'll explain the contours of this another time. But the, uh, this idea of mine that I keep going back to of the idea that the, the, the U.S. basically being, at least at the national level, uh, protectorate or uh, yeah. part of the yeah. loose confederacy of... Um, generally with at least when it comes to energy and transportation infrastructure has their policies largely dictated and even sometimes carried out by china and all of this stuff this is just one of the many things that i would identify as making us getting closer to there yeah. this uh that the, the vast majority of media um liberal conservative what have you mm -hmm. is often just focused on the interpersonal relationships of the people 
for public officials. Right. And you can't really have like a functioning democracy if the one time in your life you're supposed to be talking about how to practice what we're calling our form of government. Um, yeah. And it's just not going to happen. Because if it's not taught anywhere else, at least do it in practice. But it's just, you know, so we generally just talk about the, the people involved, you know? And at yeah. the end of the day, they're yeah. one person. And so this is just one of the many things that, you know, makes me think that that's going to happen within like 20 years. Right. In a lot of ways. Uh, well, maybe, we you know, can't accept. Day to day, though. That's what I'm saying. It's at the national level, national policy. Um, right. It's going to be different, so, but it's going to start within 20 years. Well, I think that's a pretty good place to, to wrap it up, man. We're at about 45 minutes. You got some good points in there. And I think that what you're getting at is like that um, it's hard for us to accept as Americans is that we're both the good guys and the bad guys. Oh, yes. And my, my uncle and I thought of this like silly thing the other day about why America thinks it's great. And this is the perfect statement about why America thinks it's great. We freed the slaves. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's kind of the legacy of America. It's like we have the capacity to enslave and the capacity to free, uh, but at the end of the day, it's um, it's all our responsibility at the national level. But we are part of a nation. Yeah. You just start right. with your uh, your neighbors. Just talk to people around you. Yeah, definitely. You know, we seek to understand before we judge and give advice. Yeah. That's the only advice we're allowed to give. To well, understand before judging. I agree. Yeah. So, can't wait till next time. Thanks yeah. for having me. Absolutely. For Ben, uh, I'm Lee. You're listening to us talk on the internet. This is LGR Liberal Guilt Radio brought to you by the generous donation of guilty liberals like yourself. So please, send us money. Venmo, <laughs> um, Venmo something some, some, Venmo some money to somebody Let's ask somebody them. deserves it somebody deserves it they're sponsoring this All but right, if you bye. feel real bad just come down with a check and just bring it to the main office <laughs> okay sounds good alright bud I'll talk to you later bye Internet Batman.